Hi, let's start chapter seven, marketing. Okay, so in this chapter, we're gonna talk about branding. Earlier we spoke about, you know, products, uh, marketing in the field of B2B and in the field of B2C, how they are different. Today we'll talk about branding and brands and product, product and brand. Now, uh, in this chapter, what we will do, we will distinguish um, between goods and services, describe and apply the total product concept, differentiate between product uh, and product line and a product mix, identify ways consumer and business goods and service are classified, and then explain the element of branding and how these can be protected. We will distinguish between the different type of brands also. We are the North, uh, that's how the Raptor changed the brand now because they are the only MBA um, uh, team in Canada. So they call themselves, we are the North. Now that's a branding and rebranding. So the types of products, a product is about a good, or a service, or an idea consisting of bundle of tangible and intangible attribute. So this definition is kind of, we're gonna break it down to what it means. So as we said, product is a good or a service or an idea consisting of a bundle of tangible and intangible attributes. Now we have what you call the non-durable goods, an item that does not last and that is consumed only once. Um, service is not durable good. Um, bottle of water, when you open it and you consume it only once, the plastic you throw it away, probably. Then you have the durable goods, Durable goods are product that lasts for an extended period of time. So a service is kind of a non-durable good and um, I don't know, apples is a durable good. And then you have the services, which is intangible activities, benefit or satisfaction. It could be a primary or supplementary and virtual. So here, many product cannot be defined as a pure good or a pure service, but in a fact hybrid. By looking at this figure, what do you see? As example, we have what you call a pure good and a pure service. A pure good like a product that you can, like a wheat, for example. 
a pure service, like a service that a lawyer or a, a professor or a doctor provide for you. Now, between them, there is a good that supported by service, and there is a service that's supported by good. So we have extreme good, extreme service, then we have a good supported by service and service supported by good to different degrees. A good that's supported by service like the cars. So if, if you find out that Honda doesn't provide service, then you prefer to buy a Toyota if there are similar preference for you. So this is a good that's supported by service. On other hand, a service that's provided is supported by goods, it's like um, uh, IBM products. IBM sells this product like a, a mainframe and servers to provide you the service. That's where they make their money. A, a service that's supported by good when you go and sign for a, a contract for uh, a service from a telco company and they give you a mobile that a service supported by good also. So here as you see, it could be sold as a pure good and online analytical or a legal as a pure services and something in the middle like a food and a restaurant food and good are important food and services a mix. Now, what's the uniqueness of a service? Service is something intangible that you cannot touch it. Inconsistent, it could be high, good and bad, uh, up and down. Inseparable and inventory has, you cannot put it in the inventories. So when it comes to the inventory, the uniqueness of service that what makes it important when you're marketing that is the fact the inventory side of the service. Service cannot necessarily be stored and accessed when you demand. If you bring a consultant in your office, you have to pay him whether you're asking or want to get it service or sell his service or not. So the issues arise due to the fluctuation of demand. You don't know when they're gonna need that services from that consultant. The difficulty in assessing the requirement needed to service customer at the peak time. So there is, you don't know when it's the peak time, you can find out the peak time and what kind of services that necessary. If you are taking some supply chain management uh, course and in the operation part of it, you will know how you, uh, the service is a totally different than the goods that in the operation itself. The idle production capacity, supply of the service exceed the demand, it's expensive. When you are operating, you're doing two things. You're being very effective and very efficient. Efficient means minimize your costs. So if you're having people sitting doing nothing, you are losing because you're paying them. So you're not operating efficient. But if you have enough people to provide the service for consumers, 
or customers, then you are being effective. And you have to balance between efficiencies and effectiveness, especially in the service. Now, the total concept of a product, you know, the core, would you looking at it in a marketeer, marketeer view the product as having a three layers, three different layers. The, you look at the core and then you look at the actual and the augmented. <clears throat> Let's take an example as a bicycle. The core of bicycle, why are you buying a core benefit? Its core is the benefit drive like a core provide transportation and leisure activities when you're having a bicycle. The actual is the physical product, including the branding, the design, and the feature. <clears throat> In case of the bicycle, the branded bicycle, uh, the metal unisex frames, for example, the 10 speeds, the alumni allow wheels, the paddle seats, these are what you call the actual part of it. And then you have the augmented part of it, which is the additional features or benefit that come with the actual product, like warranties, repairs, facilities, online FAQ and support, and service videos and other things that comes with the product that is not defined as a core or actual is divided as an augmented, as an add-on. Packaging and labeling. In the last class, we spoke about the importance of labeling and packaging. And especially we brought the example of packaging when the products was first time imported from Turkey and Iran, the quality of the product the Iranian one was much better, but the packaging of Turkey was much sophisticated, much higher. So people have a tendency to purchase more of the Turkish products in Iraq than the Iranian product, not because the prices were the same. And the reason is because of the packaging that Turkish are so good at it, as an example. So packaging and labeling can be standing for a good a communication, or could be a brand management that we see in the here, or could be a function, how to open. So easy opening, uh, convenient opening. That's one of the function that you look at in the packaging. Now the product, there is two things. There is a product line and product mix. A product line is made of the, uh, what kind of a length they have and what kind of a depth they have. A product mix, it's the wet. And you know, Procter & Gable have over 3,000 products, over 3,000 products, and they all have a different titles for them. Sometimes they are competing with each other on a certain product. So here the product mix of Procter & Gamble consists of a baby, feminine, and a family care, a beauty and home care, and health and a grooming. They are product of line. Now, what's the definition? The product line, it's about a group of similar products that are closely related because they satisfy a similar need and a direct at the same 
general target. Uh, as an example, you can check them online or you can go to the market and see which products will satisfy the seminal needs. It's like the shampoos, all kinds of the shampoos. Now, in this thing, there is what you call the product, uh, the product line depth is the assortment of a different version of a product sold with its product line. And then you have what you call a product length is the total numbers of products or brands in a product line. Then the definition of product mix, which is all the product line marked by a company, like, you know, Procter & Gamble, the 3,500 uh, products. And the product mix with is the number of a different product lines offered by the company. So the product line mix or product mix uh, with is the number of a different product line offered by a, the company. Now, the consumer and business products. So we said in the first beginning uh, and in the early classes, there is consumer products and there is a business product. And what's differentiate between them really? In the consumer product, could, uh, purchase for a personal use by the ultimate consumer. So when you go and buy things for yourself, it's just a consumer product. In a business product, purchase either to run it in a business or to be used as a component of other product or service. So when you want to make a bread, you buy sugar. If that sugar you bought it for yourself to consume it, it is a consumer product, but the same sugar, if you buy it for producing breads, for example, then to sell it, then becomes a business product. Industrial good or the organizational products. Now, in the consumer product, it has to be a convenience, one kind. It could be a shopping, it could be a, a specialties in it, or it could be unsought. People in a varying stage of life will classify the product differently. So today you are looking at a product that you think is supposed to be a convenient, and later on it is kind of a specialties or a shopping or vice versa. It is how you could be the age, could be the ads, could be the influential, could be the culture. That makes the product shifting from being a convenient shopping specialty or unsell. So what these are <clears throat> the characteristic of each one of them? The characteristic when it comes to the convenience products is the fact that the, it is a frequently purchased with a minimum effort. You just go and pick it up. We'll accept the substitute. You can cannot find a Pepsi, get a Coke. Inexpensive, many outlets, everywhere you can find it. Emphasize on the price, the cheaper it is, you buy it. The availabilities, 
and the awareness is if it's available and there is an awareness. In the shopping for goods product, that is what you call shopping, is <clears throat> occasionally bought, like perfume. Um, com comparison shopping you do, you do a preferred branding, uh, a fairly expensive, large number of outlet and differentiation. So when you're buying a perfume, occasionally you purchase it, you compare, there's a comparison in the shopping, preferred brand, fairly expensive. In the specialty is infrequent purchase, require a time to search and purchase. Very brand loyal, usually brand, very expensive, limited distribution, emphasize on uniqueness of the product. I would say probably car would be part of these, a vehicle part of these kind of things. Then you have the unsell, which is a very infrequent purchase. You don't buy it once or twice a, a lifetime. Accepted substitute, you can buy this or buy something substituted. A price variety can be cheap now and expensive. Often limited distribution, you can find it only a few places and emphasize on the awareness that is available there. Now, <clears throat> now when it comes to the business, there's a different approach for it, which is we know we learned from the previous chapter is uh, could be a part of the production if you're buying the thing, like considered to be a raw materials or a component part. So these are the things you put them together to finalize a product to sell it or a service. And it's a derived demand. Um, the support that you're looking for is must in the business product is like support in installation, accessory equipment if it's necessary, supplies keep going. You need to, for example, supplies is coming like the ink of the printers and the service that after sales is must for a product business products. Now we talk about branding. And by the way, these are headlines and we will, in the next chapter, we will talk more details about each part of these. A brand is a name, phase, symbol, or a design uniquely given by a company to a product to distinguish it from the competition. Like the way they write Coke, for example, or the red color of Coke or Pepsi and their sign. That's a branding. The need, the need to be developed and nurtured by marketing activities. So when we try to open a branch here for OG money, we insisted that we get the same name here because there is a, a centralized marketing who promote that brand of OG money. Now, overall in Canada, who influenced these branding? The top 10 most influential brands in Canada, they are Google, they're very influential, 
Facebook, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, Walmart, Visa, Tim Hortons, and CBC. These are what you call the top 10 most influential brand in 2016. These can be changed. Some of them will go up, some of them will go down, and some of them will be joining these brands, for example. But we have what you call a brand strategies, how we set up this brand to be uh, understood by the consumer, whether it's a business or individual. Uh, we try to show the individualities or the individual, or we can make it as a family thing bundled. We can have it a brand extension and sub-brand. Kimberly Clark has used, for example, a family branding approach to leverage the brand equities of Huggies with the mothers across the range of baby product. So it is trying to utilize the same, uh, you know, uh, branding cross like the Huggies. Now, when you do a branding, there is a patent you have to uh, register. Uh, it also, there is a copyright, there is a trademark that you need to register it. So these are the three things that you need to do with the branding comes in uh, of your product. But with the branding, you need also to find out if there is a brand loyalties. Is people really going to go and look for your product or they might not go for and look for your product? So the degree of attachment that consumers have to a particular brand tells the marketeer about their brand loyalties. For example, uh, an automobile manufacturer need to work hard to create a brand loyalty because only 50% of the Canadian plans to purchase the same uh, brand of automobile. So the brand royalty means the favorable attitude that a consumer has over time towards certain brand. Now, something is called a brand personality set of a human characteristics associated with a brand. It is a feeling that you think you will get or the feeling that the people who use this is a set of characteristics. What do you think of them? Often associated with a particular personality trait with a certain brand and prefer those whose personality are most appealing. It's like using Nike. There is a set of feeling for Michael Jordan playing basketball, for example, or like the ones in the picture and of the board. So a brand name is of something that you need to be very careful when you're selecting it. A brand name should suggest the product benefits, a memorable something that you can remember it, a very distinctive and a positive. A fit the company and a product image, be legally protected and be simple. So like a spell, like a Nike, a pronounce, read and remember. You're always gonna remember Nike, you can read Nike, you can spell it, 
and always can you protect and they can protect that brand name also then you have the uh, manufacturing or uh, business brand which is manufactured a private label and generic also so uh, what type of brand is a mastercraft is basically it is manufacturing uh, a brand a generic is usually no names so a manufactured brand is owned and produced by the manufacturers on the other hand the private label brand owned by a retailer that contracts its manufacturing out the major suppliers and then sell the product at its own retail stores like a store brand like when you go shopping in the supermarket like a in Sobeys or in uh, Walmart, there was their own brand. So it's a store brand and usually it's produced by the same manufacturer who produce, for example, Huggies, but they produce a local brand also. So it's called the store brand and it's usually less expensive. And then you have the generic brand, which is no names and it's a product that has no branding and is produced as cheap alternative to manufacturing branding and to the brand private label. So we have three levels of brands. That's the end of the chapter.